Hi, this is Eli Gobrecht with the PLL Archers, and you're listening to the Outside the Box podcast. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 124 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB and Dom back at it with you. Make sure you check out our awesome sponsors, designtree.com, DSGN Tree. Get your merch. If Mr. Fields is rocking our merch, if Blaze Reardon's Pops is rocking our merch, you should be rocking our merch. Search Outside the Box on Design Tree's website and use the promo code SPRING20. Save yourself 20% off at checkout. And then, of course, our newest awesome sponsor, Tomahawk Shades. They're the best in the business. Started on Long Island in 2013, and they're delivering a, a quality product at the most affordable price. And you're probably asking us, Guys, what's in it for me? Like, sure, they've got great glasses. They've got blue light glasses. What, what do I benefit from this? Well, if you go and use our promo code USP at checkout, you're going to save yourself 25% when you check out everything in your cart, 25% off. You can't beat it. It's one of the best promo codes being thrown out there. They're taking a chance on us. Take a chance with Tomahawk Shades. Protect your eyes. Dom said it on Twitter. You guys are staring at screens all day long now, working from home, all that good stuff. You're scrolling on your phone on Twitter, Instagram, playing games, streaming video games. Get those Blue Light Plus glasses. They're the best in the business. I got a pair on the way. We've had people using the promo code helping us pay the bills. Help us out. You get quality shades at a quality price. Tomahawkshades.com, promo code USP. Dom, what's going on, man? We actually have a ton of lacrosse news to talk about. What's up, man? We, we got tons I, of news. I got, my, I got my blue lights on the way, too. It, yeah, man. Uh, get get on that. Get on the shades, man. Plus five to your speed attribute. Exactly. It's it's the yeah, only way a, to do it. We got a ton of a uh, ton of news coming out today. It's it's a nice it's a nice day. It's a nice day. It's a nice day. Some unfortunate news, but we've also got a guest later on the show, San Diego Seals defenseman and the newest member of the Archers Lacrosse Club, Eli Gobrecht, will be joining us later on in the show, so you're going to want to stick around for that. But the biggest news to come out this week, Dom, is that the National Lacrosse League, where we got our start, uh, the regular season, the rest of it has been canceled the rest of the regular season of the nll season done they're looking at ways to host the playoffs when and if that's possible uh so if they kind of just go off of what the standings are right now 
your NLL playoffs would look a little something like this. You would have, uh, obviously, the way the playoffs are, are held now with the odd number of teams in the league. Uh, it's the top two teams in each division and then two wildcard teams that have the best records uh, remaining in the league. So your teams in the playoffs, the New England Black Wolves and the Georgia Swarm would be in automatically from the east. The north would be Halifax and Toronto, and the West would be Saskatchewan and Colorado. And then your wild card teams, the first wild card would be the Buffalo Bandits, and your wild card number two would be the Philadelphia Wings. We just snuck in, right? Just snuck in pretty much off of that win against Georgia with the last game of the regular season. That's, that's, that's a little crazy, man. Well, we were <laughs> we were the best team to lead. <laughs> we were in first place, riding high. Oh man, that stinks. That's you hate to see it, but you love to see that we would make. That's a big uh, it's a big improvement from last year. Absolutely, like huge improvement. That's that's the main thing to focus on. Is like, I mean, the wings went from terrible. They were the worst winning. team in the league last yeah. year, I believe, or second yeah. worst team. And now they're making playoffs this year. So it speaks volumes to what Coach Day is doing, building a culture in Philadelphia and, and finding the right pe- players that mesh together and, and play well. And I think they're starting to buy into the system and they have the right philosophy going on. So it's only up from there. It's only up from there. It, it's a shame that the season doesn't get to get played out. But Yeah, and I mean, yeah. even in a shortened season, the Wings doubled their win total from all yep. of last year when every game was played. Yeah, and you look at the other teams that would be in the playoffs. New England was hitting their stride. They looked like a, a force in the East. Um, Halifax being a playoff team with the second best record in the entire league in their first year in Halifax is just a true testament to what Coach Acorsi has done, uh, building the culture in a new sports city. Obviously, Toronto being the team they are. They're a, a perennial playoff team. Same thing with Buffalo, uh, Georgia. You know they were what they what they are. They're that kind of consistent type of team that's going to be in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. That's an MVP caliber player on them. Yeah, and then Saskatchewan and Colorado were kind of the two teams that we thought were going to sneak in, and I think the only team that you know loses out here from the shortened season would be San Diego. They were 6-6 six and six on a three-game winning streak, about to go into a, a stretch of divisional games. And obviously Calgary as well being at 5-5, five and five, and they still had three games to play against Saskatchewan. So I think the only two teams that really truly lose out are the Seals and the Roughnecks. I think every Canadian team loses out too because the Alterna Cup doesn't get to be determined. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting if they even hand that out. Yeah, we had some we had some big we had like a bulk of the games lined up at the end like back to back to back to back to back like it would have been cra- a crazy end and a good uh, like storyline to go through the end of the season. So it's a shame that doesn't get to uh get played out either. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they even hand that trophy out and if they do uh it's going to go to two teams because Saskatchewan and Calgary both finished with 2 and 1 records in the Alterna Cup standings. Um, but it'll also be interesting to see how the playoffs kind of come to be if they get played. Playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, 
because you know depending on where they have them i would guess they'd have to have every team in a neutral site to kind of personally don't see it happening i don't either i just the way that you know unless it happened way down the line or something like that like in the fall before the season but i just truly don't see it happening but i'm glad that there's hope and optimism for it to happen yeah do like a little preseason tournament or something like that like like a community cup Mm -hmm. type deal but i don't know like don't in the NLL playoffs, don't they have play a series of games too per series? So or? I'm pretty sure the only series is the championship, which is a three-game oh, okay. series. Because I was going to say just play all the games just like one game each, and it goes fairly quickly. So you can get it done in a weekend. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You need to figure that out. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way you could really do it would be play all of the playoff games in a weekend. And then the following weekend be your championship, and they'd have to kind of just go play a game, have a day off, play a game type of thing. I and- think the, weird, the 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 things that'll be annoying with that though is you may not have the same roster, right? So so some of those guys kind of get shafted, you know, if they're not on the roster and their team goes to you know play these games. So I don't know. It's it's mo- more than likely we're just going to see it scrapped and then. You know, next season will start. Yeah. But you know what? We're, we're living in some weird times right now. It's like really never happened. Yeah. So there's never been a, you know, way to navigate through all of this. So yeah. You're so, kind of learning on a day by day, hour by hour basis. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And I, I, I don't know. This is a little sports rant of mine. It's kind of, it does, it's not lacrosse related completely but like i'm a little annoyed at the people that are getting genuinely angry like without thinking rationally through it like yes sports are done but like you gotta like expect that like look what's going on like don't be mad be happy that you know your favorite leagues are doing the right thing so that there will be sports next year hopefully when this stuff ends, right? Right. There could potentially be baseball already. So, like, you know, I, I don't see the NLL trying to force anything right now. I think Sikowitz has, like, the league. He has a he has his, like, uh, what's that saying? His finger on the pulse. Yeah. So so he, uh, he, he knows what's going on. He stays fairly up to date. So... Um, and I think he makes the right decisions, you know, with a lot of things. So I think that he's handling this fairly well. And, you know, us indoor lacrosse fans need to wait till next year now for, for any more lacrosse. I know. It's such a bummer. Um, but, I mean, I also found it very interesting that the NLL was the first professional sports league to cancel their regular season. Like, we're still up in the air with the NBA. We're still up in the air with the NHL. And uh, like you said, baseball could start soon, but granted, they're not one of those power four sports. But yeah, I was you 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 say it all right there. Like power four, those those have so much money invested and involved in with them that you know it, they kind of have to say that. Mm-hmm. With the NLL, I mean there there is some money in it, but like I think the commissioner is just like 
he took everything into account. He's like, we'd probably lose more money trying to like prolong this than than make money. So, you know, it makes sense to just suspend everything. Yeah. So we'll see what goes down when it comes to a potential for the NLL playoffs because it would be nice because the Wings would be in the playoffs, which would be a blast to watch. And I think the teams <sighs> that would be in the playoffs have all earned that spot. Like they are the the top teams in the league and obviously you can throw San Diego and Calgary in the discussion but those teams that would be in a potential playoff you know bracket and everything they were some of the most exciting teams to watch this entire season mm-hmm. and with that I think uh let's get the perspective of a player from the San Diego Seals and we'll also talk oh, about I, his, I like uh, how you I like the segue We'll talk about his uh, venture going from the MLL to the PLL. Sit tight as we're going to kick to our discussion with the one and only Eli Gobrecht. All right, so we told you guys we're going to be banging out interviews with players left and right as we uh, navigate through a lacrosse world with no live action. And uh, right now we're joined by a current San Diego Seals defenseman and the newest member of the Archers Lacrosse Club in the PLL, Eli Gobrecht. What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. So let's talk about, you know, the, the news that came out today as we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, the regular season of the NLL has officially been canceled. Um, just give me your thoughts on, you know, this this wild stuff that's been going down and the unfortunate cancellation of uh, the regular season. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely unfortunate. Um, I can say, I can't say I didn't really see it coming. Uh, you know, we were supposed to be heading to Sask this week actually for our second to last regular season game. So it was hard to see how they were going to try to fit all those games in, um, in a shorter period, but they are working on some potential playoff scenarios. Um, so I know that all of our guys are hoping, uh, they're still able to put together some sort of postseason, and if that happens, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. And I mean, you look at this team, uh, that you're a part of the San Diego team last year, you guys make the playoffs in year one. And as soon as, uh, you know, the kid Austin Stotts comes back, you guys started going on a surge, uh, and you know, stringing some wins together and looking like uh, a really complete team. How important is Austin to your guys? You know, camaraderie on the floor and off the floor. Uh, Audie's the man. Uh, you know, he just he just brings energy with everything he does. Uh, he puts a smile on your face. Um, you know, I remember the first game he was back was actually the Vegas game, mm-hmm. and he was buzzing around the shoot around um kind of firing everybody up and once we heard that he was back in the lineup you know it put a little pep in everybody's step and we kind of knew we were going to come away with a win that game yeah it was uh at your guys game on long island playing against the riptide and he was up in the press area and he was just going bananas every time you guys scored a goal he was banging on the tables and Austin's a friend of the show too so knowing just the type of guy he is and seeing how fired up he was for you guys even when he wasn't suited up just kind of is a testament to the type of competitor he is I'd say yeah I mean he's a beauty he, he just lives and breathes lacrosse um, and his energy and his effort are contagious um, you know he he gets more excited I think when other guys score goals half the time but we'd love to see him score and I'm glad that he's back at 100 percent at this point yeah and you guys had um, 
you know, some new guys come in this year. Obviously, Zach Greer comes out of retirement to come play for the Seals. Uh, you guys ended up trading for Wes Berg, and you get a almost full season out of uh, arguably one of the best lacrosse players on the planet in Connor Fields for his rookie season uh, this year. Just tell me about, you know, the the locker room camaraderie you guys have on this roster, even though, you know, some guys left in free agency and with the expansion draft happening, you did lose some pieces. Um, but the guys coming in, plugging in, and, you know, continuing to just show that this San Diego Seals team is really legit and you guys have a lot of pieces that can uh, help make this franchise something that's going to be special for years to come. Yeah, I mean, this organization has done such a great job of just bringing in proven winners and great people. Uh, I remember seeing um, when Fieldy got drafted there, I knew that was that was going to be a good fit for him, even though he was uh, working really hard on his rehab for his knee at that point, and he's kind of just exploded this year. Um, you know, the Grierzo is a legend. You know, he's won at every level, NCAA, um, Pro Field, NLL, um, Man Cup. So... Uh, it was pretty awesome seeing that he got signed. Um, someone that I look up to and I've watched for a long time. Um, and then Bergy is a former teammate of mine. Uh, we won a championship together back in 2018 with the Denver Outlaws. So uh, I know him a little bit and I was pretty excited that I was going to be joining another team with him because, again, he's another guy that's just wanted every level he's played at. Yeah, and then you guys have another legend on this team in, in Brody Merrill. Um, just an absolute force and another guy that's just won uh, so much in his career. What's he like as kind of the guy that, you know, keeps his team together as that savvy veteran and, uh, you know, being able to play alongside one of the legends of the game? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty special, you know, and he's he's not like the most vocal leader all the time i think his main uh his main thing is that he leads by example and every minute of every day i think he's doing something to improve himself and keeping uh keeping the team on his mind so i i've done pretty much everything i can just to watch him and kind of see what his routine is pre-game and what he's doing during the week because um, you got to be doing something pretty special to not only be playing at 38 years old but still be playing at an elite level and your coach is also a friend of the show. Uh, what's it like playing for Patrick Merrill? What's his coaching style like for you, and how has it been similar uh, in other spots you've been in your career, whether it's field, college, or anything, and what's something different that kind of has helped you under uh, Patrick Merrill's kind of leadership as your head coach? Uh, you know, he's he's really intense and he's really fiery, um, does a great job of kind of pumping us up before the games and keeping everything in perspective, I know it was tough on him and the rest of our team early in the year when we were on that losing streak, but uh, I think it was his leadership that helped us get out of that hole. And I think the intensity that he brings and uh, you know, kind of the no BS attitude is something that I really enjoy. And it's almost like a throwback. You know, I used to play hockey um, for a long time and it reminds me of kind of an old hockey coach uh, the way he approaches things uh, from a team first perspective and his intensity is pretty much unmatched and you know playing in that west division which is just an absolute you know it's literally the wild wild west in the west division in the nll as a defenseman what's it like playing against some of these you know high octane forwards that you see, you know, on a week in and week out basis, whether it's Dane Doby, Curtis Dixon, Mark Matthews, uh, Mitch Jones, you know, the list goes on and on. 
does that, you know, give you an extra bit of motivation knowing you're going up against somebody who is, you know, perceived as one of the best in the world and it elevates the way you kind of approach defending them? Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely uh, a cool challenge that we look forward to week after week. Um, uh, coming from a Division three background, you know, I always kind of wanted to prove that I could play against the best players in the world. So we have that opportunity week in and week out, um, playing against Mark Matthews, uh, Mitch Jones, and, you know, Dobie and Dixon every week and kind of challenging those guys and trying to get the uh, the best out of our defense and hold them to uh, the fewest points possible. But it's it's been fun so far. It's been kind of surreal just being a rookie, um, being around those guys quite a bit. But uh, that's kind of why you play the game, right? Absolutely. And as a defenseman, what fires you up more? Stopping somebody that's coming in to score a goal or scoring a goal of your own? Uh, I got to go with scoring a goal of my own because I don't score too many. Uh, the guys were joking with me that I'd had to score a goal on a real goalie because uh, my first goal was that uh, New York game on empty net. Oh, so geez. <laughs> I, uh, I got my first real goal, I guess I would say, um, against the Mammoth in Colorado, and that was pretty special because it was on uh, Dylan Ward, who I've played with in the past, and I had some family there to see it happen. Who's the number one guy that you kind of look forward to playing against Uh you know, this season, who's the one forward or one player that it's kind of been circled and you want to go out and prove that you are, you know, a, a guy who's going to be on the rise in this league as a rookie and you've been able to kind of, you know, show off your game a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's so many talented guys in the league right now. Uh, it's a tough question to answer, but I think the game that kind of sticks in my mind in the matchup is uh, that Calgary game we had. Um, in the saddle dome when we came out with that one goal win um you know going against Dobie for the first time in my career he was incredibly impressive you know his ability to move the way he does um and how big and strong he is and the finishing touch was pretty impressive and he put in i think six or seven goals on us and at least two or three of those were definitely directly my fault so i'm definitely looking forward to that uh that rematch down the line now, being a rookie, what's kind of been your biggest hurdle to, uh, you know, get a grasp on this year for the box game as compared to, you know, what you've been able to do in the field game in your career? Uh, the biggest challenge is that it's, uh, you know, it's a new sport to me as an American. I played a little bit of senior B and a little bit of senior A, but never at this level. So it's kind of like learning a new sport but at the highest possible level uh, presents a lot of challenges. You know, the quickest thing for me was kind of picking up the system um, because I was in the training camp last year with San Diego. So that part came pretty um, quickly for me, but just learning the different intricacies of the game, you know, where to put the ball in transition, what we're trying to get done on the penalty kill and on the draw team. So I've slowly been picking that stuff up throughout the year, but it's definitely been a challenge. How cool has it been to see kind of the growth of this league too, even in your first year to see, you know, expansion teams are coming, the the sponsorship deals that are coming through. And you guys in San Diego have one of the best social media teams, I think, in any sport, the way you guys, you know, just kind of open the eyes of fans and, and kind of let them peek behind the door to see what you guys do on a day in and day out basis, whether it's game day, practice or anything. 
Um, how cool has it been to kind of experience the growth of a league like this in year one for you? It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, I think I've come into this uh, the professional lacrosse scene at a really, really good time in terms of the growth on the field and the box level. But we we really get treated very well uh, in San Diego. They take care of us. Um, and it's been pretty cool traveling around to some of the other rinks that we play at, like playing in these NHL rinks like Vancouver and Calgary and Buffalo. It's like kind of a dream come true for me and i was i was really looking forward to uh the game in philly that was going to be a couple weekends ago and as a flyers fan to play at wells fargo but um it's just been cool to see how professionally um everything is handled and how much the players care about winning in this league so being a flyers fan you automatically get brownie points for being on this show because we're south jersey philly based and that's just ultimate good news for us let's go i'm looking at my drew jersey right now there we go who's who's your who's your favorite flyer that's a big question there Ooh, all time let's go um, all time and current okay well i'll go with eric lindros because uh, i had his little tyke jersey i think when i was growing up um i i'm from new york but i had a family in philadelphia and they would always get these great box seats um through their firm that they're working for so when i was like nine ten years old i'm sitting in a box uh looking down at like a playoff game eating sushi so that was pretty That's cool awesome. um i was wearing my Lindros jersey but yeah i guess for right now i'll probably go with uh go with the captain go with g there we go now do you do you get a bunch of slack from the guys on the squad that you know might be from canada and everything being a flyers fan uh yeah a little bit a little <laughs> bit you know everyone's kind of got their own team um, but even like some of the Canadian guys, like uh, Coach uh, Coach Sanderson Shooter, he likes uh, the Islanders for some reason. So that's so. There's odd. definitely a, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's quite a few hockey fans on our team in the league, though. And with your hockey background, like you said, going to some of these rinks that that share homes with NHL teams, growing up as a hockey player, what was that first feeling like for you? You know, going to whether it was Denver or any of these places that are actual hockey rinks, you know, just walking in and being able to play on that floor. It was pretty surreal. I mean, walking into Buffalo, that was my first NLL game. And I had actually only attended one game before that, which was in Colorado. So that first trip that told me I was starting on the draw team, I was pretty anxious uh, for the start of that game. You know, you're seeing like all the posters in the hallway, like Dominic Hasek and, you know all those legends that played in Buffalo, so it's been uh, it's been pretty cool, and I think I've gotten over uh, you know the, the kind of shock and awe of it a little bit, but it's still pretty awesome to look up and see like the NHL banners and stuff as we're playing and as we're warming up. Absolutely, and uh, shifting to the field game, obviously your your big news is you're now coming to the PLL. Um, what went into your decision to to make the jump, and how pumped are you to uh, get a, a new start in the Premier Lacrosse League? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this summer, and we're hoping that uh, everything goes as scheduled. Uh, I think we'll at least get a few games in here. But, um, you know, it was a tough decision for me. I had an opportunity to make the jump last year from Denver, and uh, it was a tough thing to leave that locker room at the time. We had a lot of great guys that decided to stay, and some of them have jumped over now, you know, like Zach Courier, Dylan Ward, Finn Sullivan, and then, um, you know, one of my 
best teammates I've ever had, Mikey Schlosser and then Max Adler. So we decided to kind of give it one more year. And then uh, at the end of the year this year, I was talking to Matt Bocklet and just kind of told him that this is what I was leaning towards. You know, I want to play with and against the best players in the world and prove that I belong there and show people what I can do. And that's kind of where I ended up. And what was that kind of process like for you to know that like this was the decision and um, you know once you were put onto that 16 name list for uh, the draft and everything to see the rest of the guys that were coming over with you, uh, what was that feeling like to just kind of see your name associated with like you said going into a league with the the best players in the world? It was pretty cool. I uh, I was talking to Tom Schreiber um for the past probably like three or four months and he even before he was the one i was talking to when i was considering making the jump in 2019 but yeah once they kind of put everything together and i saw who else was on the draft list and um seeing my name next to those guys was pretty cool and now speaking of tom schreiber you guys are teammates now you're on the archers um what was that moment like once you saw your name kind of get tweeted out in the way that the expansion draft was done and uh, knowing that you're going to be part of the uh, the Archers organization, uh, that was awesome. I mean, in my eyes, like if you're if you're on a team with Tom Schreiber, your team has a chance to win a championship every year. Um, it it was cool too because Coach Bates actually called me a few minutes before they tweeted out the selection, so I knew uh, for sure what was going to happen. Um, but you know, they have a really really good locker room. Um, some fantastic players and coaching staff, so I couldn't be happier with where I landed. What was that conversation with Coach Bates like, you know, just kind of uh, letting you know that you were going to be part of his team? And looking at that roster, like you said, there are a bunch of talented guys on that Archers roster, um, and I know you're friends with, you know, Schreiber and, and Matt McMahon as well. How excited are you to uh, be in that locker room and know that you're surrounded by some really elite players? Yeah, so that conversation, you know, it was just a quick one. He's like, hey, uh, I want to let you know that we're going to pick you up with this fourth pick. Because um, I, I talked to him a few weeks before the draft just to get familiar with each other. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a pretty special moment. And I know that um, the guys on the team have been really good about reaching out and welcoming me in. I'm just talking to Tom. And Marcus Holman reached out and gave me a call a few weeks back. And it's been cool, you know, getting in the group chat um, just getting uh, more involved with the guys and looking more, uh, looking forward to the summer more and more. Now you get to play with the bunk bed boys, which I think is yeah. <laughs> uh, going to be a ton of fun for you. And you get to play with, you know, somebody who is also a friend of our show, Scotty Ratliff, who I think is one of the coolest humans uh, on this earth. And then obviously your friend Matt McMahon, guys uh, patrolling the defense together, you know, looking at kind of that makeup of the Archers defense too. What are your expectations going into this season, knowing the the collection of guys that are on that defensive group? Um, now, put putting yourself in there as well. How stoked are you for uh, for that group, and you know, having defensive meetings and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be working with this group. I've been watching Matt's game for a while now, and uh, we got a chance to meet at the uh, U.S. Indoor tryout. Um, so I'm excited to play with him, and we've got a lot of mutual friends and. They've all kind of told me that he's a great guy and you're going to love playing with him. So that's been cool. And uh, Rat, I've met a few times, more so playing against him. Uh, I think we actually chirped at each other a few times uh, when we were playing in the MLL. But uh, he's reached out a few times and, 
you know, I I got a mutual friend with him too, and Drew Snyder, and he told me that Rat's a great guy, and I'm I'm pretty excited to to play with him too because I used to watch him even back at Loyola. Um, he was balling, you know, putting up like 10, 20 points a year. So it should be pretty fun to be with that D group. What's the uh, the number one tour stop this season on the schedule that you're most looking forward to? Um, I'm kind of torn because there's uh, there's one pretty close to home in Albany. Uh, so I'll get to see hopefully a lot of friends and family there. But I think I'm more excited about um, the Portland weekend because that's only about a two-hour drive from Seattle. So I'm really hoping that a bunch of the kids that I coach here and a lot of my friends will be able to come down for that weekend and uh, and see me play. It'd be awesome. And, you know, being on the West Coast, how have you kind of seen the growth of the game from the youth level to, you know, programs in high schools and colleges and feeder programs kind of grow over the years and kind of seeing that West Coast style of lacrosse kind of expand and, and start to get recognized that it's a legit, you know, growing point in this game and a, a nice little hot spot that's been building. Yeah, I mean, the growth, really, you got to look over the past 20 years to see it in Seattle, but it's been tremendous. You know, there used to only be like eight to 10 high school teams here playing, and now I think there's close to 100, something like that. And, um, you know, we go to a lot of tournaments in California, too, so I've seen what some of those San Diego kids can do, and it's pretty impressive. And I think in terms of the athleticism um, and the ability – it's a lot closer on the whole to what the East Coast is. I wouldn't say we're quite there yet, but we're getting there, and there's some really, really good talent out here. So it's been fun to uh, coach my club teams and coach my high school team and see some of these guys play at the next level. And then seeing kind of the way that the PLL has marketed this league and, and grown through, whether it's you know social media, um, having fan interaction the way that they have um, – you know, what are you most looking forward to when it comes to this being a tour-based league and being able to interact with fans the way that the PLL has kind of implemented it where it's it's very hands-on and you get to kind of be face-to-face and people really recognize all of these players in this league because of how the league kind of markets you guys? Yeah, no, they do a, an excellent job of marketing and making the players accessible. Um, and something that I honestly really enjoyed about playing in Denver was that of all places in the MLL, the, their fans were really the most into it in my eyes and they were loyal. So I'm really excited about the tour because it gives more people a chance to see us play in person and we get to interact with all those people, you know, before and after the game um, and share some stories and hang out with them. And I know that when I was a kid, that's something that I would think was really cool. Um, from that perspective so beyond that just playing on NBC is is really awesome uh, you know I've never been able to play on like a nationally televised event so that that'll be something new for me and something to check off the bucket list and if things go as planned which we all hope they do the season opens at Gillette Stadium and you get to play not only have you played in you know NHL and NBA arenas you'll get to put an NFL arena on your on your list as well how awesome will that be for you, you know, Friday Night Lights at Gillette Stadium? Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I got a lot of friends and uh, alumni that live in Boston, too, so I'm sure that would be a great weekend. And seeing, you know, the support from athletes, coaches, and just media personnel outside of the lacrosse world, like last year at Gillette, we saw 
Bill Belichick and Teddy Bruschi show up. We've seen on Twitter, you know, Mikel Hardman saying that he could, uh, you know, come out and, and perform in a lacrosse game at a high level. Pete Alonzo last year in New York was, you know, chilling with Paul Rabel. To see kind of these other athletes really embracing this sport, how cool is that for you knowing that lacrosse is starting to kind of get that national recognition from a lot of media personalities, a lot of players in other sports, and, and high-profile people, like I said, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's awesome. I know Belichick played at Wesley, and mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that he played every single position on the field between, like, goalie, defense, midi, and attack. So, you know, when people like that get involved, it's it's a really special thing for, uh, for lacrosse because it is a, such a niche sport. Um, but I think as the PLL grows and as a professional side grows, I think people will start to see that, you know, we are legit athletes. Um, we may not get together every day of the week, but we're working our asses off behind the scenes to put that product on the field. So it's cool to be recognized by some other athletes in these bigger sports. And I think one of the the things that's come across from the social media world is Pat McAfee has kind of burst onto the scene as, you know, a big time media guy and, and started it from his own backyard. And he's gone back and forth with Paul Rabel about, you know, calling a game. And if Pat McAfee shows up to a game this summer, how insane would that be? That'd be nuts. I, I love that though. He's he's really funny, um, and he's kind of bridged the gap between active athletes and uh, and former athletes too uh, with what he's doing on the media side. So I think I'd get a real kick out of that if I looked up and saw him there. Now, when you were making the jump, um, you know, to come to the PLL, was there a conversation with Paul and Mike to kind of make sure you know? everything that you were being told was legit. And if you did have a conversation with them, what was that like to really solidify your jump? Yeah. So I haven't really talked with Mike or Paul directly about it. Um, the way they went about it was, you know, Tom and then Kyle Harrison were the two guys that were mainly reaching out to potential guys who wanted to make the jump. And I think that made sense just because, you know, it's people that we're familiar with, but I, I trust those guys. And I, I think, what they did in year one kind of speaks for itself and any hesitation I did have from jumping over was more just wanting to see, you know, what this on-field product looks like and what they can do with their first year. Um, that's the reason I signed a one-year contract with Denver. Um, so I, tr- I have a lot of faith in those guys. I think they're doing a really good job of planning around potential scenarios for this summer and making sure that we still have the option to at least play a few games uh, if worst comes to worst. And then obviously last game of the regular season that's on the current schedule right now is in Denver. Is that game going to have a little added, you know, meaning to, you know, coming from the MLL playing in Denver and then final game of the regular season playing back in Denver? Yeah, I, I think it'll be cool. You know, Denver is a you know, special place to me um, after playing there for two years so hopefully see some of the same fans but i actually have some family there now as well my mom and my sister and her husband are living in denver so it'd be pretty cool to play in front of them any chance i get to do that's always special hey man you're the absolute best really appreciate you jumping on and uh talk to the archers fans real quick you know throw the arrows up and let them know what they're getting in eli gobrek coming to their squad 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped, man. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be a big summer for the archers. Uh, I like to play a physical brand of lacrosse. Uh, pretty fast in between the lines, picking up loose balls and causing turnovers. Hopefully keeping the ball out of our net and maybe he'll put it in the other team's net once or twice. I can't wait, man. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun covering you this summer. Stay safe and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again because this was a blast. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Got to thank Eli for hopping on the show. It was a blast. And uh, to find out that he's a Flyers fan is that much better because now we've got that Philadelphia connection to the entire network. And uh, I think Eli's just going to keep getting better and better as a defenseman. I'm excited to watch him in the PLL if we have a season this year, um, especially on that Archer squad with Matt McMahon and him running the defense and Scotty Ratliff. I think Eli's a perfect fit for that Archer Did you, defense. Uh, speaking of PLL. Did you uh, see the meme that I shared? I did. I was cracking up. <laughs> How true is it, though? <laughs> How true is it? So in case you don't know what we're talking about, um, there's been a meme that kind of surfaced recently where it's kind of like a mini comic, and it's this guy getting a medal. And, like, it seems like he's winning something. He, like, bites the medal, and the lady that – like gives him the medal, he like pulls in and starts kissing her like and like housing pops champagne. a big old bottle of champagne. But then it cuts to the bottom picture and he's just in third place. <laughs> so <laughs> in the comic that I shared, the guy doing all that stuff is labeled PLL. And it, then in second place is the MLL and in first place is NCAA Lax. And I couldn't find a more true meme I've seen lately it's so I think, funny i mean think about it you've got a budding league right a budding league that tours right it's not like you have fans in settled areas for a specific team yet so you have fans of teams but they're only coming to your place once a year and you better get there right if not you gotta travel that's that's that could be looked at as a as a minus right and uh you know, they, they package it so it seems like they're the best thing out there. But you look at the NLL, there's more fans. It's a much more structured league. There's settled fan bases and fan culture for their specific, like, like fan bases. Like when you go to the Wings game, they got the Wings chant, right? You've got two guys. One sits on each end of the end of the stadium, and they kind of run the chants on those sides. Uh, so, like, like, every fan – base has their culture so that puts the pll above or pll beneath the nll and there's only one team the in top, the pll that has that culture and it's the redwoods yeah exactly now at the top is obviously ncaa lax like the longest <laughs> you, running you can't you can't ask for anything better right there's, there's just so much so much about it that's just so good and it's obviously the number one so I, I really thought that was hilarious. When I saw it yesterday, I was dying laughing. And I think the PLL has the opportunity to continue to rise since it's only entering potential year two. Oh, 100%. Um, the, the, the goal of the PLL is to ultimately become settled, right? Mm -hmm. Grow the game so much that you have these fan bases and you're growing cultures in these areas where maybe lacrosse wasn't there to the point where Hey, we're going to have a settled lacrosse team here. Now we got fans. 
people know the sport. So now we can go to Dallas. We can go to we can go to Atlanta. We can go to Salt Lake City. We can go to Las Vegas. We can go to Cali. We can go all over the U.S. and you'll actually have a few thousand people show up. Yeah, right? Even if it's still tour based, like if you continue establishing the way that they have, you're gonna build fan bases in different sectors of yeah. the country in and, different and- countries. And when you hit those tour stops, you're going to know this is going to be, insert team name here, home game. Let's put it into perspective this way. The PLL could say they have 18,000 tickets sold, but that's for the entire weekend, right? So you could have at most maybe 6,000 people at one time. The PL or the NLL could have 18,000 in an arena at one time, Right. There have been places that sell out their arenas. Yeah, Buffalo pulls you know close to fifteen thousand a game. Yeah, so so think about that, right? Think there's levels to this, right? And the PL, the PLL is just not at that level yet where you have those fan bases of dedicated fans that are going to go to games like that, right? Um, so like you'll see it, like we saw it in Philly. Philly had a crazy turnout, and they said it was a crazy turnout, but it's only one half of the stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, you go to New York or you're going to Homewood, but they only fill up one half of the stadium. They're only selling so many tickets. So, so, uh, like, like you said, you know, it's a budding league that is still starting out and gaining traction. So, they have limits to what they can do. I'm not being critical of the PLO. I love the PLO and what they're doing. I'm just saying, like, if you put it into perspective, right? Yes, still have a lot to grow on. They have a lot to grow on to meet those two, but they're already doing better than the MLL. Right, and they have – I think the the thing in place that the PLL has is they've got the best players on the planet in their league yes. playing, and now it's just a matter of getting what they want to be the best fans on the planet into the stands to watch the best players in the world go at it on a tour-based mm-hmm. model. And I think that's going to be a struggle because it's really the first time we've really seen a tour-based – professional league go at it and and be successful the way that they were in terms of you know going to every weekend pulling thousands of fans every weekend and it's just a matter of growing on that kind of model and making it you know potentially a new norm for a lot of leagues the fact speaking of ncaa lacrosse that's why i said it we've got lots to talk about uh penn state's just running it back Grant Ament said he's leaving, going to the PLL, but then every other player on Penn State's uh, roster was like, nah, we're going to come back and we're going to run this thing back, most I notably Mac O'Keefe. Yeah, well, Mac O'Keefe, I think, wasn't being projected a top-five pick, right? So, like, it kind of makes sense why he wants to go back. It makes complete sense why Grant is not going back. Grant's going to be the number one pick. Like, come on. Will Manny said it on uh, Paul Rabel's podcast. He basically like he didn't like affirm like Grant to Archers, but like Grant's going Will, to the Archers. <laughs> he wants him, and he's been saying it. So it's like, so I mean, uh, that team is going to be absolutely ridiculous with him oh, on there. But absurd. so so uh, um, we're getting to that point, right? Where you know a lot of players are going to be making their their statements and. And Penn State was a very strong team. I think that 
the dynamic of Penn State was so interesting because you had Grant and uh, Mac on the same team, and they played just together. Like, did you see the the tweet from one of their teammates? Uh, there was a highlight yeah. that was out on. Twitter. I was open for all and, of these. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who it was, <laughs> but uh, he quoted he quoted the clip, and he was like. I was I was open six feet from cage for like nineteen seconds or whatever, but cool. Shoot for shoot from twenty feet. Go ahead. Like, <laughs> was no, it, I was, is it Jack God. Kelly that plays for Penn State? It may be I a think Kelly. It, I don't know. I think it was him because at least his display name is just Jack. Yeah, um, but yeah, he was like I was open in eighty percent of these, but whatever. Shoot it from seventeen. <laughs> Yeah, like come on! <laughs> I was dying laughing, dude. That's so funny. But that that also speaks volumes to the uh, the culture in the locker room for Penn State, right? They they've got a good team and a bunch of guys that like playing with each other. I mean, to the point where you can make that kind of joke about your best players on the team, like <laughs> calling them ball hogs and stuff. It's really funny. But yeah, Penn State's literally running it back. Mac O'Keefe's coming back in 2021. Uh, Nick Cardile, I believe is his last name. He's coming back for 2021. Colby Kinesis is coming back for 2021. And uh, Gerard Arceri is coming back for 2021. So they're going to just be like, yeah, we're going at it. And, uh, you know, there's speculation of another guy that could potentially join them. Uh, yeah, you know, it would be a perfect fit. You know, it'd be a perfect fit on this team. Uh, jumping from being a tiger to a Nittany Lion. <laughs> maybe the maybe the most sought after free agent super senior in the history of college lacrosse ever, or even in college sports. Michael Sowers. Yeah, dude, like what the? This is this is like. Oh man, um, I'm trying to think. Like, this is like. If oh man, I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of like a college basketball like prediction like comparison, but I can't think of one I mean, like off the top of my head. But this is like this is like Zion yeah. going to Duke, and like instead of going to the NBA like after his freshman year when he got hurt. Him saying, "I'm going in the transfer portal. I'm I'm not coming back to Duke. I don't like the program. I want to go somewhere else." And every school is now just on the radar. Like, whoa, we gotta recruit <laughs> shit out of this guy. Like, you're you're gonna see colleges start putting resources away from recruiting some new guys as freshmen just to get Michael Sowers to come to their college. for one year. Yo, you're going to see offers everywhere. <laughs> Coaches are going to be like, yo, they're going to go to like the dean of admissions and be like in the financial aid office and just be like, yo, what can we give this guy? <laughs> like, what can we do to make this legal and stay within the NCAA like restrictions to get him here? So, yeah, Michael Sowers has entered the NCAA transfer portal because it also was yeah. announced that Princeton and Yale are not allowing students to uh, leave school and then re-enroll to get that what's, what's uh, So you said Yale. What's TD Ireland doing? That's going to be an interesting 
thing too. Does TD they go the same up. route? They all team up. They make a super team next year at College Live. I don't know if you saw. I forget who posted it, but there was a the the video of like the security guard at a game just like lacklusterly like patting people down, and it was like uh, the graduate wing at Johns Hopkins University next year. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, That's really funny. But yeah, Michael Sowers will be playing for a new college team next year, and if he goes to Penn State, look out. Well, he's a he's a Philly guy, right? Yeah, he's got ties to Philadelphia. He's a Philly guy, and I don't think that he's gonna want to go too far from home. So you know that puts a couple teams on the radar, right? Like now, what I would what I would think is really cool is he goes to some like lower. D1 school and when I say lower I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect certain schools but he's not going to one of the perennial powerhouse schools right um, I would love to see him like if we're talking PA schools I'd love to see him go like well Penn State number one but like that's kind of a perennial top like 15 school mm-hmm. Lehigh Lehigh could be a really cool one right go to Lehigh and just put them on his back St. Joe's like, is another one. Yeah, St. Joe's, uh, Drexel. Maybe not. I wouldn't. Maybe not Nova. Drexel. Drexel could be a cool one. I said, and I was talking to you about this earlier. Um, it would be sick to see him go to Rutgers. <clears throat> you know how happy Jules would be. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, because Jules wouldn't go down as the best ex attackman that <laughs> ever put a Rutgers helmet on. <laughs> But, um, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. Does he, does he go to a school nearby or does one of the top like five schools like recruit the hell out of him and like he ends up going to like Maryland or Duke? Nah, I don't want to see him be a Duke. Come on, don't do that. I also threw out Delaware because it's close mm. and that could be an interesting option and, Chris Collins would be absolutely thrilled about that. It, it kind of all depends on his demeanor, like right. what he's looking for in the school. Like he, he, he's obviously an Ivy League guy, so he probably has his head in the right place. No disrespect to, you know, Delaware, but yeah, that campus sucks. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that place sucks. Like no disrespect, but like <laughs> I've been there to visit friends before. It's kind of it's kind of whack. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, the other interesting part of this whole thing going down is uh, we got one more domino to fall recently, and that is Michael Krause is leaving and is more than likely headed to the PLL. Again, again, uh, not surprised. Not at all. He was... You know, projected top 10 pick, and then obviously with everything going on, he's going to more than likely move up the boards a little bit. And as of right now, it's it's Grant and Michael Krause as your two guys in the draft right now uh, that have, you know, declared that they're leaving school. But those two guys, you know, going back-to-back in the, the college draft, those are two blue-chip superstars getting added to teams that desperately need them in – Archers and Chrome. Yep. Sorry, I'm 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 looking at something real quick. But wait, what'd you say again? I'm sorry. 
so I mean, like adding those two guys to this draft and them being the first two in, like those are two blue chip guys that are going to be in the the college draft and readily available. And we all speculate Grant's going to go to the Archers. And if I'm not mistaken, Chrome has the number two pick in the college draft. And yes. Michael Krause would be going to Chrome to play with Guddy and Jordan Wolf. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that these two guys can make a huge difference in both of those two teams. Which would be 100%. absolutely nasty. And I think, you know, the next couple of weeks we're going to start seeing more guys make their decisions, whether they're staying or going. And uh, hopefully we get some sort of draft board and we'll do mock drafts and all that kind of fun stuff. It'll be interesting to do a mock draft with just seven teams, but we'll be able to kind of get a better look at who's going to be available and going pro and who's going to be back on the college circuit and helping these college teams continue to, you know, chase that NCAA title. Yeah. <coughs> it's going to be real interesting. It's, it's going to be, be real interesting. super interesting. And the other interesting thing we saw this week on the socials, it's since been deleted, unfortunately, but uh, one of the members of the Penn State coaching staff, Coach Taylor Mendoza, tweeted uh, the blueprint of a video graphic for NCAA lacrosse. Oh, yeah. And it needs to happen. EA, Activision, whatever video game Yo, company out there. Where's our most stake in this? We, we want in. And we've got the blueprint. You've got the graphics. Let's make that that video look like a legit video game. Yeah, that was good. That was really well done. Like it was, was really blown really well away. There's different, you know, story mode. There's different modes to play in. And now, now the 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 thing that's weird is the player likeness and all that stuff. Because especially with the NCAA, like kind of becoming a little more lenient on that stuff. Um, uh, cause you saw that they had like the actual players in there mm-hmm. and all of that. So that would be one of the interesting things to see if they go ahead and do, but, um, it still needs to happen. Yeah. We need still it. Needs to happen. We need we that. Need it. And then, uh, one of them, I saw they, they had an ultimate team in there. So like, yeah, that needs <laughs> to happen. That's not, that's not good for my ball, for my wallet, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I'd, I'd be about it. Yeah. I was blown away. Coach Mendoza, you need to hit up some video game company. Talk to us. We've got the blueprint laid out on an episode already. You've got yeah. the, the graphic skills and the video skills. Let's come together and make something beautiful. And then include us in some content in the game. Like yeah. have us have us like have like a cool like podcast part where you get like your name on the pod or like whatever. Exactly. Like got some people talking about you building buzz or as even a freshman. Like, remember in like Madden 2007 they had like Tony Bruno radio in the uh, the franchise mode. Yeah, like after the game it comes on and stuff. It's yeah, us. Same thing. Yeah, it's us. Just let's make it happen. Anybody out there that has the connections, let's get this going. And uh let's end on a a fun note. Uh one of the most popular game shows in the world, Jeopardy. <laughs> They said the name. They said outside the box on the show. It was, it they was did. the question to one of the answers. They did. And uh, we are now part of, the, of Jeopardy lore. That's how it goes. We don't make the rules. We just follow them. Yep. Get with it. So shout out to Alex Trebek and the Jeopardy um, squad for uh, saying the name. I do have one last thing to talk about. We're recording this on Mikey Powell Day. True. And there is no... There is no way we could be a lacrosse podcast and not 
mention this whatsoever. Um, now, uh, you didn't play lacrosse, but I did. And growing up, when I got into lacrosse, the man to to watch was Mikey Powell. I mean, he was just so good. So, like, he comes from – if you're obviously listening to this podcast, you know lacrosse, so that means you know who this guy is. Uh, just one of the best lacrosse families to ever go through Syracuse. Uh, it's the reason I wear number 22 uh, because of this guy. It's the reason I like playing attack and I like dodging from attack and all this other stuff. But he was a very like entertaining guy. He was very, it was he, like, he was the dodging attackman to a T like crease dives. Uh, uh, the certain moves that you see attackmen do, you know, he kind of pioneered them in, in some aspect. Um, and just the swag. This man was ahead of his time. One of the pictures, I don't know if you saw it, um, the the one from, okay, so like before the PLL. Rocking the ninja headband. Yeah, this is showing my age a little bit. But <laughs> when I was in high school, and I remember when this happened because I watched it on YouTube after it happened because I was excited because I heard about it happening. But the PLL isn't the first like professional lacrosse tour to like go around. Mm-hmm. At first, it was the LXM Pro Tour, which which went on for a couple years. And the LXM Pro Tour was so cool because you had the best of the best, right, in two teams, and they would travel to a bunch of places, and they didn't play in the NL or the MLL at the time. They didn't play in Major League Lacrosse. They went on the LXM Pro Tour. They took this chance and traveled to a bunch of places playing lacrosse. And it was always really cool because every place they went, they had new jerseys and a new theme to the way like the jerseys looked and all this other stuff. And it was really cool. And I think, you know, some of the stuff was auctioned off at the end. And it was it was a really cool thing. Well, I think it was in Arizona. I forget where it was. Utah. I don't I don't remember where, but Mikey Powell came out. Like and, and made a comeback because he wasn't playing lacrosse anymore. He made a comeback to the LXM Pro Tour. And everybody, if you played the game, know this picture. He's got the jersey on. It's like this tan kind of like uh, southwestern kind of design on it and trim. First guy that I ever saw wear a visor in his lacrosse helmet. And then on top of that, He's got the kung fu headband underneath, but it's long enough that it goes all the way down to like his backside. And bro, when he was dodging people, he just looked like an absolute menace. It was so cool to watch. And I remember watching that in high school, and I was just like blown away. I was like, I need to get a visor. <laughs> it was it was so cool. Um, and and somebody tweeted that. I, did you see my tweet today when I replied to that? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he was ahead of his time, man. He really was. Um, he was he was one of the coolest characters that came and went in the lacrosse world. Um, and and if if you know, uh, he doesn't play lacrosse. He doesn't really keep a lot of lacrosse in his life anymore because Syracuse was such a big part, and playing professional was such a big part that when it came to it where he wasn't playing anymore, he couldn't stand it. Right, so like he would he would miss it too much. So. He started focusing on the other things that he enjoyed doing, and now he's a really, really good and like fairly popular musician. Eddie, yo, have you been on his Instagram? I haven't. 
so he's he's doing this thing it's so funny um it's called the woodshop live stream i gotta i gotta check it out but like some of the videos he put up kind of like survival tips during quarantine and they're <laughs> hilarious they're so funny <laughs> he was talking about one like having chickens is great for the family like it's so much fun because your kids can play with them and all this other stuff but like also they're set they're a source of food they lay eggs and you can enjoy their eggs but if you don't like eating eggs you can eat their bodies too <laughs> I was dying. I was dead, dude. It was so funny. He was talking about another one. He was like, right right where we are, there's a lot of snow right now. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, if if water supplies get low, you know, yeah, you can go and melt the snow and use it to shower and use it to drink and all that other stuff. But I I also keep my dog nearby. Whenever I keep, whenever I put him outside, I make sure to look for the spots where there. He keeps it nice and rich with a lot of nutrients to keep myself. Uh, and he has this, he has this snowball of yellow snow, and he eats part of it, and you can see it in his face. He instantly regrets it. He like spits it out, and it cuts him like retching. I was <laughs> dying laughing, dude. That's incredible. But um, yeah, yo, shout out Casey Powell. Shout out the Powell family. Shout out Mikey Powell for being just an inspiration to a lot of lacrosse players that came up in like the mid to late 2000s. I mean, it, that was everything. It, it was literally everything, man. And and his older brother, Casey, is like one of the best to ever do it. I mean, that family is one of the best to ever do it. Casey, Mikey, and Ryan, they're just all so good. And uh, we couldn't be a lacrosse podcast if we didn't go without saying you know, something about Mikey Powell and Mikey Powell day. Big so uh, I just want to, I just want to say thank you to, to Mikey for everything that he did to, to the game for the game and for the culture of the game, because, you know, it, it's, it wouldn't be the same without him playing. Pretty sure Casey Powell is a confirmed listener of the pod too. So, Oh, word. Casey shout Powell out, shout follows, out follows us on the socials. Send us a stick. Absolute king. And uh, you guys can also follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, yeah, you at OTBLaxPod. Uh, we should have some more IG takeovers coming very soon. Uh, Kyle Jackson kicked that off for us, and it was a big success. So make sure you stay tuned for more IG takeovers. And we're- oh, speaking, speaking of the, the socials, did you see Guddy's uh, TikToks? Hilarious. <laughs> I got the gutty going on right now with the mustache. <laughs> and uh we're five followers away from nine hundred on Twitter. Let's hit let's hit nine hundred this weekend. Let's make it happen. On the lax pod? On the lax pod. What? Five away from nine hundred. Yo. When my pods have more followers than I actually do on Twitter. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. Follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make but sure most you importantly follow the pod. Follow the pod. And make sure you guys subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts. Some of you some of you guys been hooligans lately. Dropping them one stars. I mean, we know you ha- you don't they say in the business world in any world, you haven't made it till you got haters. So they probably got allegiances elsewhere. So you know. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the pod, leave a five-star rating and review, bump our ratings and reviews back up because these hooligans that have come through thinking it's mischief night, 
on our podcast reviews have dropped us to four and a half stars out of five. They don't. They don't even leave comments. Yeah, no cowards. We we don't appreciate cowards. So let's get the five star ratings and reviews Two to bumped three, up. You coward. And uh, we're three away from fifty, and then that makes us fifty away from a hundred. I gotta grow my beard back. And uh, I think once that happens, we'll get Stephen Keogh on the pod to just to discuss everything. So once we hit that fifty mark, that'll Yo, set the um, milestone for Stephen Keogh being a guest. Did I did I send you the picture of when I was shaving the beard too? I don't know if you did. Gotta send it to you. So um, we'll make. I that did want to see. I did want to see what I would look like with the uh, handlebars. So I did it before I shaved it off, and. It looks so funny. I had to take a picture on Snapchat, and then I took the, I I drew on the picture and made myself look like Joe Exotic. <laughs> you did send me that. I did. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to see amazing pictures like that, yeah, yo, get us to get us to nine hundred followers on Twitter. And and leave a couple five star reviews. I'll release that picture. We'll release it. We'll put Twitter. it on. We'll put it on Twitter we'll and Instagram. Twitter. <laughs> and uh, speaking of <laughs> of Joe Exotic, uh, we've been pumping it a ton on here. And make sure for OTB, if you don't have an iPhone or iTunes, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, streamer season episode one is being recorded. Tomorrow night, myself, Dom, and uh, making his Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast debut, the one and only Kevin Guest. We're going to be talking about Hunters on Amazon Prime because streamer season is where book club meets streaming platforms, and I am super excited to get this off the ground. And I know a couple of our OTB listeners and followers have also followed us on social media over there. So episode one probably going to drop it on monday but we're recording it tomorrow i can't wait so this weekend sit down put hunters on it's 10 episodes it's an amazing show and uh that'll be dropping in your podcast feeds on monday yeah are we just are we talking about a specific number of episodes or the series in general like are we assuming that the viewers have watched the entire thing so we're gonna we're gonna drop a spoiler alert sounder in the episode and okay. we'll we'll discuss the entire series. Okay. I didn't know because you said like book club, so I didn't know if we were going to just talk about a couple episodes and then tell the viewers to go watch the next few. I didn't know like exactly what we were doing, but that's cool. Yeah, guys, tune in. It's going to be fun. We've got a lot planned for streamer season, especially with no live sports going on. It's going to be a big project we have, and I'm super excited. Dom's super excited. Follow the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. We've, we've got things coming. Big tings are on the way. I think hopefully by May, hopefully by May, if 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 certain things are working out, I should have a new computer set up. Hey and I'll be able I'll be able to stream to the uh to the uh, underground sports twitch just from my computer. So I'll be Massive. able to stream my X. I'll be able to stream my Xbox on Twitch, but like with the right kind of setup. It's going I'll, I'll get that down. All, I'll get that all together, and I'll be able to stream to Twitch. And, and yeah, that's that on that. And make sure you guys—that's that on that. Period. 
Help us uh, pay the bills. Tomahawkshades.com. Use the promo code USP. Save yourself 25% at checkout. Helps us keep the lights on, all that good stuff. And so does going to Design Tree's website, dsgntree.com. Search outside the box. Get all your merch. If Connor Field's dad and Blaze Reardon's dad are rocking our merch, and Matt Rambo's dad, it's on the way. You should be rocking our merch. Use the promo code SPRING20 for 20% off. And uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to we're gonna keep this thing on Fridays again. I know we switched the schedule up a little bit, but Fridays, it's going to be normal release day. And uh, we'll have more guests on the way, working on some big things with a couple franchises as well to get multiple players doing things for us on social and all that good stuff. But, again, shout-out to Eli Gobrek for coming on the pod this week. And uh, stay safe out there, guys. Shout-out to all the doctors, nurses, grocery store employees and all that good stuff you guys are absolute rock stars stay safe and uh we'll talk to you guys next week so this has been episode number 124 of the outside the box cast right here on underground sports philadelphia for dom i'm kyle we are signing off peace i tell you to be different and creative and think this way a much used business cliche kayla what is outside the box you got it